Diamond Answer Man Show, Season 4, Episode 6, Interview with Cecilia Gardner. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Diamond Answer Man Show, where our goal is to help each other learn more about the world of diamonds and feel confident about those purchases. That's right, they help us memorialize our special moments, birthdays, anniversaries, all those special occasions. You may reach me at diamondanswerman.com. We're on that right-hand side of the site. I've got the little speak pipe app. You can send me questions right through there with your Android phone, your iPhone, your tablet, whatever you have. You may also call me at 803-792-1326, 24 hours a day. And I'll look forward to how we can both help each other learn more about these world of diamonds. Well, today on the show, we've got a wonderful show lined up here for us today. I know you'll look forward to it. I've got an interview coming up with Cecilia Gardner. I also have some topics that uh, had come up by phone from a young lady who had some questions about diamond grading, which segues right into our, our, our interview with Cecilia Gardner. We also have on our show today, we have Sheila here with us today, who's not always with us, but has been here in the past when we've talked about diamond cutting and those kinds of things. So welcome aboard here uh, today, Sheila. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, I, I'm absolutely fantastic. Anytime that I can have you on the show, I'm excited. I have to tell you that. <laughs> it, it's fun. Yes. It's fun for me to have you on the show. The reason why I wanted you to be on the show today is because when we went to JCK, you got to sit in on a conference that went on much longer. I had to take an emergency call, and it was a conference which had all the different laboratory, um, more or less the heads of each laboratory, whether it was GIA, AGS, um, IGI, and, and all the different laboratories around the world. I think the yes. HRD was represented there. And then we had on that far end, we had Cecilia Gardner, who's the uh, CEO and, and uh, counsel, general counsel for the Jewelers Vigilance Committee. And uh, you, you got to listen to quite a bit of what she spoke about, right? Uh, I, I got to listen to... A portion, I wouldn't say um, I got to listen to all of it, but one of the things that, you know, when I was there at the conference um, that I was wondering about was, who who is Cecilia Gardner? I mean, I know that she's the CEO, but what type of um, credentials or... But you, you mean what would be her experience that would put her in charge of... Yes. You know, so an important organization like the JVC. Absolutely. Well, you know, one of the things that I looked at, and, and I think she's been involved with the JVC, maybe not as long as I've been in the industry, but, you know, for a large portion of that time, uh, I know that her history is, is has been one in the past where she's put away a lot of bad guys, you know, when it came to uh, narcotics and uh, uh, money laundering schemes and all sorts of different things that, that deal in that kind of you know, uh, a trade where she was uh, a federal prosecutor for United States uh, uh, attorney in uh, New York. Wow. And so okay. she she has a lot of experience in dealing with, I guess, putting away bad guys. I mean, and getting getting the bad guys out and, and uh, stopping them from causing problems with people who, who are just trying to, you know, do the right thing. So she definitely has the experience. She has the experience. <laughs> you know, she... she um, was is general counsel and uh, she uh, was is general counsel for the World Diamond Council. She, uh, I know she was part of uh, the uh, 
the process, which are the, the application of the Clean Diamond Act and how they developed the Kimberly process, which, you know, that's one of those things that we get we talk about every once in a while with customers and clients and, and people who call and even jewelers. You know, how do, how do we know whether or not diamonds are conflict-free? And we can absolutely say that in today's world, I know a lot of people... I guess it's almost double talk, not double talk, but I I keep going around in circles. The point is some people advertise that they have conflict-free diamonds, when in reality, every jeweler in the United States has conflict-free diamonds. There's no question that nobody trades in conflict diamonds in the United States. That would be something that other people throw out there as as an advertisement to hopefully reel you in that theirs are different than somebody else's, but everybody's are conflict-free. And that's because of work that she has put forward mm. and to help develop these things and then and then helps that with other organizations, other world organizations like the World Diamond Council. You know, so she's very versed. She knows about organized crime dealing in these kinds of things, which makes it very applicable to her understanding of the jewelry industry and applying that to conflict diamonds. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yes, absolutely. See, you you helped me because I, I knew that she was someone important. I just didn't know how important. <laughs> She's very important. The organization is, is of course, uh, very important. For those consumers who are listening, the Jewelers Vigilance Committee is an organization which is dedicated to helping promote ethics and, and guidelines for the jewelry industry. It also helps jewelers when they have... Um, uh, things they need to have clarification on, the legalities of those kinds of things. It's extremely beneficial uh, for jewelers to be members of this organization. They have so much free information on their site that helps jewelers from things like, what kinds of information should I have on my receipts, right? How do I need to describe something? To the consumer, there's so many free documents uh, which help the consumer know what to ask for, know what to expect, know about descriptions on jewelry and gem- gems and diamonds and all those kinds of things. So their website, which is jvclegal.org, wonderful information. So I that's prefer. for both consumers and jewelers. That's, that's correct. It's consumers and jewelers. They, they do offer things um, such as mediation. So if a jeweler has a problem with a, a trade member or a jeweler has another problem with another jeweler, or for that matter, a consumer has has something that they have, an issue they believe that they might have with a, a jeweler, they will offer their services in mediation and, hel- and helping the jeweler and the consumer come to resolution where they rectify the situation. That, that, is, that is something that they offer. So are they the ones, like, if it goes to court, are they the ones that go to court as a witness or do they represent now, i think i think they're 100% their goal behind it is to is to get both parties to an agreement so it doesn't have to go to court okay, okay. you know their their goal is of course uh, if if a jeweler has has done something wrong it is something that's not legal they're going to clarify with the jeweler right in our interview we talk about that in uh, the case where a consumer may have an opinion on something that they may not like but it still may be within the legal guidelines uh, and, and and they'll help them with that and they need to have an understanding of what all the facts are in in this specific case and 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 we'll, that's that's something that she actually brings up and we'll talk about the uh, the uh, JVC is almost a hundred years old, 
Wow. And I think it's very important for consumers to look for the membership in the JVC. It makes a statement about the store and what they stand behind because the JVC is completely dedicated to driving the ethics. In, so basically, in our- they're an unbiased organization that will mediate for resolution. Correct. I mean, in, in that case, where they're, when they're acting as that, having that service, helping people with compliance and, and regulations and, and their practices as, as a jeweler, that would be just one thing that they do. Their goal, I think, my opinion, would be prevention. Because I think most jewelers want to do the right thing. And I think most consumers expect them to. So when there's confusion, I think their goal is to mediate, to to help clarify the situation so there's less confusion and giving people opportunity to be amicable. And of course, having good resolution um, is good for our industry, right? I mean, yes. you know, if we, if we have standards to adhere to, um, it elevates everybody up to the next level. And, and of course, it's our job as jewelers and it's our job and it's my job, even talking about this in, in the trade and, and for consumers, it brings it up to another level, right? I mean, that's, that's our goal is to, is to have as much transparency as possible. So, so one of the things that we had happen this week is we had uh, a phone call had come through the Diamond Answer Man hotline and uh, the phone call was about exactly what we're going to talk about today with Cecilia Gardner. And, and I'll tell you what this phone call was, and, and I, I don't have the recording for it. It'll, be, it'll go on too long because the interview with Cecilia Gardner, as we, as we break into it, it's going to be about 20, maybe 25 minutes or so. And the call was specifically about a jeweler had given the uh, gratings to a consumer and they used non-standard gradings as far as the color and the clarity. So non-standard, I'm assuming you're going to go over that. The most known standard, let me just state from that, the most well-known standard is the color and clarity system as is used and as most gemologists have been trained upon, which is the GIA system of color and clarity. I mean, weights are easy to figure. We can weigh a diamond and we can get a pretty standard weight. We can cut a diamond and most people have an opinion whether it's round or whether it's marquee and what how, what the types of facets are. But when you come down to color and clarity, we expect that if somebody uses a, a, a system or applies a system where they call something a G, a G from one person should be similar to a G from another person. It goes even further when someone has a system that more or less, and anybody can have any system, but they make up, and then they don't disclose what that system is. So in this case, the young lady went to a store, and she was going to buy a piece of jewelry, and the sales associates described the color and clarity using a system unknown, and she was confused by it, and then they couldn't even clarify what that system meant. The color, the so the, I hope she didn't buy it. You know, well, I, 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 <laughs> I, in this case, for the jewelers listening, when consumers call me, I refer them to another store in most cases. Okay. So you don't want to be that jeweler that if you're not disclosing correctly, I find a jeweler in their area to refer them to. And in this case, I found a store right around the corner from her house, which had educated, informed a staff and store owner that I referred them to. So she received a clarity grade 
of a 5 and a color grade of a AAA. Now, we know in the trade that there are cases which suppliers will throw out numbers like that, and it's, and it's kind of hard for us to figure out unless they tell us how they apply that standard. Right. And so in this case, I was able to phone some of the stores that were part of this company, and I was able to get a general clarification of what the system was. Hmm. However, the big thing, uh, which is something that all jewelers must do, uh, according to the Federal Trade Commission, is going to be talked about during the show okay, um, so with Cecilia no Gardner. No, no spoilers. So if you're a jeweler out there, you want to make sure that you use at least a color and clarity grading system that is is a known system. And we'll go into much deeper detail what that means for you if uh, if you do. And uh, you know, it's 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 important for us to represent our industry clearly. And uh, and understandably, and it again, we talk about this, but it elevates our trade. Absolutely. So why don't we go ahead and cut into this uh, this interview here? Looking forward and, to it. And uh, and uh, you know, listen listen along. So that's that's the one thing that I think people find hard to understand. There are certain things that are illegal, certain things that uh, will fall within the legal guidelines. And then certain things just don't feel right. And I think that's where there's right. the trouble I, I, with, with consumers. As jewelers, I think we should almost err with making it feel right, not always just being right. legal. Go that one step further. And that, that kind of brings me to our, our, our main topic, which is the issue, which I spoke to you a little bit about a few weeks ago, which is the issue of diamond color and clarity grading. Um, mm-hmm. and the responsibilities, I always push customers to make sure they have written on their receipts, the color and clarity grade. And I was at the, uh, the, uh, I was in, uh, J, uh, JCK Las Vegas when you were on the board there mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. you graciously spent the time before you had to, you had to run off there. Um, but you, you, you brought to the forefront, which was something that I think a lot of people, um, need to know. And it, it is uh, not necessarily how, how would I want to say it foundational I, I guess would be the right right way to say it mm-hmm. for our grading systems what you spoke about was um, retail consumers when you know who was responsible for for that grade and and when they when they are at the counter and the ultimate responsibility who it lies upon. Um, because I think in our trade, we always think, well, I have a report with it. Therefore, I, I've absolved myself of anything other than here's this piece of paper that says this. And then the consumer, of course, buys that and they walk out the door. And that may not always be the case. The, the responsibility is with really who? Well, a- anytime a retailer uh, provides information to a customer, about the product they're buying, and it could be any kind of information, you know, that it, this is how it works, or this is what it is, or this is what it consists of, or this is what the quality is. The retailer is liable for that representation, even if it's based on a third-party report, like a, a diamond grading report. So the retailer takes on the responsibility for whatever is said in a diamond grading report. It, it's not possible uh, for the retailer to cover themselves by saying, oh, this isn't my 
my words, this is somebody else's words, when the retailer provides the information, they are taking on responsibility for the information that they're providing. So that if there's something wrong with the grading report or if it makes claims that can't be substantiated, um, it's the retailer's liability. It's their responsibility. And um, there's really very little they can do to uh, divest themselves of that responsibility because, you know, as we always say in the industry, those last 18 inches, the, the countertop is extremely important in the law and also, you know, for our industry as a whole. What happens over those countertops are, are, are the basis on which the public um, you know, makes a conclusion about our industry. It's 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 a it's difficult for me because I will go store to store, and mainly I'm here in California. I used to be on the East Coast, but I will mm-hmm. go store to store, and at times yeah, I've been in stores, and some of them I I you believe them to be ethical and upright, and I know most of these people, so I'm not going to mention names because I've sold diamonds mm-hmm. and colored stones to them at least at one time. But you, you'll find where they have a report, and and they'll debate with themselves whether or not they'll they'll use the report. But then they'll still use the report, and e- even though they don't necessarily think it's the right color and clarity grade, and I and I yeah. and I implore them Very change the grade if you don't think it's if you don't believe that the stone is an H, you think the stone is a J, or you think it's an SI one, not a VS one. Then make the statement, yes, it has a report with it, but at least write on your receipt. Disclose it as what you believe it to be in your experience because that's what you're going to stand behind. Otherwise, you, you slam your, your foot in the door. I mean, you, you, you make the sale, but then you open yourself up to such a great problem of branding and right. your image in the future, which, which I think that's most important to look at because you're building a business and either whether you sell it or you pass it on to the next generation – or just or close it out. It, it it really, really hits your numbers in a negative way if people don't believe you're right. telling the truth, and that and that's the problem. Well, I also think you sort of have an obligation as a good citizen to the industry itself and its reputation as a whole. Um, you know, if if you're continually arguing with consumers about the representations you make, I mean, you're going to leave a very bad taste in consumers' mouths about the jewelry industry as a whole. And, you know, the next time they want to buy a gift, it might be an iPad instead of, you know, a necklace. So um, the other thing I wanted to say is that if, if jewelers have grading reports in their drawers that are connected to diamonds, for example, that they're selling, that they can't stand behind, that they are not happy with, that they have doubts about, frankly, they shouldn't use them. Because if they have doubts and they use them and the consumer finds out that there was something wrong with those reports, it's the retailer that's going to be responsible for that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I just tell retailers, don't. if you have doubts about the reports that you've got in your inventory, get rid of them. Don't use them. Just don't use them. It's not worth the risk. <laughs> it isn't worth the risk for that. What what tends to be a short term gain and not very much money anymore. <laughs> so it's, it's not right. like a right. That's to, what know, I understand. It's not very much money anymore. So yeah. so we we also have the debate. So we have consumers we're trying to protect. And I was on Rappaport. I think on it was it was either Rappaport or Polygon. I can't remember. And there was a debate in one of their forums where a jeweler had purchased a diamond from Belgium 
and it had another laboratory report and an alphabet name. And uh, the stone came in, so it was shipped in from overseas. And sure enough, the grade on the stone, from the jeweler's perspective, um, was several grades in color and clarity difference. But when they bought it, mm-hmm. and now, of course, the uh, the overseas dealer will not... Um, Will not work with them. They've already paid for it, so they're kind of they're they're kind of stuck and frustrated. And I know that there's industry organizations even overseas that that will help with that, but it's it's generally through mediation and, and those kinds of things, or or, or, uh, right. or banning people, mm-hmm. you know, from certain dealings. But even on yeah. on these forums that. Uh, that, that that happens that uh, I think that we should all whether we're consumers and or jewelers as as Peter Yancer said there's top tier laboratories and if you're going to use a laboratory we should use a top tier laboratory um, and and you know that's sort of a um, I, I guess the term top tier has to do with uh, with the values based upon the diamonds um, and or their discounts but it kind of gives us an idea we have brands in our industry um, but GIA, of course, is the one that, that uh, you had mentioned the Federal Trade Commission uses, correct? Well, no, the Federal Trade Commission doesn't really use a, a particular lab or uh, endorse any particular laboratory. Um, so, no, they, they don't really do that. Um, but the Federal Trade Commission does have rules about grading reports used in our industry. And what their rules are have to do with disclosure of whatever system that you're using to uh-huh. grade the diamonds so that a consumer using, using a grading report from any particular lab can understand what you mean when you use letters or numbers. So, so, so the FTC says basically you must disclose what your system is uh, that you use to grade diamonds and if the manner in which you grade diamonds varies from the standard manner of grading diamonds, let's say from the top down or the bottom up or mm-hmm. sideways, um, you need to say that as well. So um, what, what the FTC says about diamond grading labs is that you have to be fair to the consumer. You have to tell the consumer what system you're using and if it um, if you're, for instance, using GIA letter grades, but you don't mean them to mean the same thing that the GIA means them to be, then you have to say what you mean them and how it differs from what GIA means from those letter grades. And if you grade the diamonds in a different manner, then you have to disclose that as well. So so to to give a basic example, if I I call something a one-carat GVS1, and mm-hmm. I don't mean it to be color grade by Master Stones from GIA. Um, I'm using some variation of my own system for both color and clarity in the same letter mm-hmm. grades. I have to mm-hmm. say it's a, it's the Diamond Answer Man system. That's what I would have right. to say. In, 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 and then you would have to describe your system. You know, what ah. do you mean when you use those letters and numbers? So you you have to go as far as not just disclosing what system if it's not not the industry most right. uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to use legal terms because I'm not a lawyer but I, I'm, I'm going to use them in my most simplistic terms is the most understood system that we have in worldwide would be the GIA letter and and uh, the so that right. color and number system 
Um, and so if I use those terms, you're saying then it's, uh, it's automatically assumed that it's the GIA standard of systems unless I right. disclose otherwise. And then I have to completely clarify what I mean because I don't mean a GIA G or an AGS G or whoever. Um, I mm-hmm. mean my G and I figure it to be based upon whatever set of stones that I use or my numbers or my exactly. color and clarity, my, my colorimeter, if I want to use a term like that. Right. Um, so, wow. And that's it's, only fair to the consumer. That's, that's, you know, the consumer must, should know what it is you're telling them. That's, that's, that's major because nobody does that. You and I both know that nobody <laughs> is doing that. And, and that's, that's a bum deal because I, I know that when I get a piece of paper shipped in for, on, on memo or even a, a report or even a receipt across the counter, it just says this. And whether it mm-hmm. says another laboratory or not, it just says that. But the standard, even from that other laboratory, if I don't fully disclose what that other laboratory standard is, it's assumed to be the most well-known standard, which is GIA. Right, exactly. Wow, and, that, that and, is powerful. You know, the, the, the FTC has addressed that for many years. And there are rules about that. And that's why the JVC is a good place to learn these rules because wow. we've been, we're experts in all of this and we have been for, well, we're coming up on our 100th birthday that's, in 2017. <laughs> that's, that'll be a big bur- You guys will have a big party, I hope. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. So, so if, if I were a customer... And it's different than being a jeweler, but if I were a customer, what what should I get from the jeweler across the counter? We already know that we should get that description, but in, in, in what level of detail should I get so I protect myself? What, what do I need? Well, it depends, of course, on what it is that you're buying. Um, we urge jewelers to make sure that their receipts are very detailed in the sense that you know, if you sell a consumer a necklace, a bracelet, and a ring, you don't write a receipt that says jewelry. <laughs> you know, you say <laughs> a necklace, a bracelet, and a ring. And then describe the carat quality of the precious metal, perhaps the type of gemstones that are included, um, perhaps the quality of those gemstones if you are comfortable making that representation. And then you would also be very clear about any conditions and terms that apply to the sale. So for instance, if you have a return policy, if it's written, that's the policy that's going to be enforced. Um, If there are terms about uh, exchanges or for store credit, again, it would be best for you to put those in writing on your receipts. So that's um, go ahead. Many states, by the way, uh, actually require these things to be on the receipts. Wow, wow! So that's that's the jeweler. If I'm a consumer, I'm going to say, even if the even if my sales salesperson is uncomfortable with assigning their grade, they should find somebody to assign the grade. <laughs> that way, that way yeah. I have at least some stamp that says we're going to stand behind it. Uh, for right. whatever length of time, so I I I I get it that sometimes it's it's just a round brilliant, you know, or a round brilliant diamond. Yeah, but that. But doesn't... you would think that any jeweler that, you know, is not willing to describe or to <laughs> provide this information 
to a consumer, I, I don't know, as a consumer, I, I personally would think I'm not shopping at the right store. Oh, I don't. <laughs> you know? it, it, it's, it's, <laughs> I or, need to go elsewhere. Or if they use a different system. I mean, it's okay to use a different system, but if you're... Of course. If, if I'm using... If I'm if if I'm using triple A quality, right? That's you. I know you've heard that before. It's triple A quality, sure. and it's 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 a, a a four as far as clarity, and and that could be confusing because we know that the AGS uses a number system too. But they use mm-hmm. these systems if they're using that, and they're not disclosing what it is, and your receipt is that you you know the whole store the store set up wrong. It's set up to it's set up for obfuscation, right? It it right. sounds like it's. It's telling me something, but it really isn't because I can't compare it to anything else. So right. if, if this is the case and we've had something, how does a jeweler go about contacting you or how can you help if there's an issue? So if somebody contacts me per se, I always say, go back to the jeweler. And I have a little form on my site which, which says, here, download this, take this to the jeweler so they can put in the details, they can sign it and get mm-hmm. and, and that way you have this in writing. Um, mm-hmm. it's download a lot, whether it's used a lot, I have no idea. I think uh, people just like to read it. But if this were to happen and they had the details on their receipt and let's say they went to a third party, an independent appraiser, maybe a member of the J bar or they, or they sent it off through a jeweler to the GIA, AGS or otherwise. Um, and it came back different and the jeweler won't help them. How can you help the consumer? Where can they, what can they do? Obviously through your website, what, what, what resources do you have? Well, first of all, I would urge uh, whatever consumer is thinking about contacting us to make sure they have as much documentation about the case as they can pull together. And that would include uh, receipts and invoices and email correspondence and written correspondence. Um, You know, we often get complaints from consumers where they tell us, well, we were told well, who told you and when did they tell you and what exactly did they say? And if it's not in writing, it's not that we're not going to look into it, but it makes it that much more difficult. Um, So you would gather all of that information together. And then um, you could contact us by phone or through the website. But what we're going to ask you to do is mail all your documentation into us Ah. along with your payment of the fee. And then, what we do is we spend some time looking at what it is that you've provided and we'll probably get back in touch with you and ask you some more questions and see if you've given us everything that you have. And, you know, we're, we're assessing what you've sent us in terms of whether or not we think the matter is worthy of, you know, pursuing or whether there's no case at all. Or in other words, we don't take things at face value. We, 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 you know, when we get a, a set of documentation, we take a look at it. And if it looks like, yes, this is a matter that could be settled or, or would be fair to uh, mediate, we get in touch with the other side and say to them, look, there's, there's this matter that's been brought to our attention. Here's the allegation. What's your side of the story? And what can you provide to us in terms of documentation to support your side of the story? And you know, we'll discuss it with the jeweler and then get a sense of whether or not there's going to be the possibility of uh, a mutually agreeable solution. And I have to say that in about 95% of our cases, we are able to mediate some kind of mutually agreeable solution to resolve whatever, whatever dispute exists. 
I, I would hope that to be true. <laughs> we, yeah. We, we'd always yes, hope I that. mean, most jewelers would rather, you know, leave a customer happy than unhappy. Absolutely. You get that future sale, maybe, if you get a recovery exactly. at that point. Exactly. So, so I, I know the jvclegal.org website, so that's one way they can contact you. What, what's, what's, the, right. uh, what's the phone? Are you willing to give out the phone number for JVC? Oh, of course. Okay, of course, give, the, of course. give that out. Area code, we're in New York City, so it's 212-997-2002. And the person who handles our complaints bureau, I guess you could call it that, her name is Joanne Sperano. And, um, you know, you can get a hold of her via email. She's Joanne, with an E, uh, at jvclegal.org. Or you can call her at that phone number that I've just given. Call her at that phone number. Or you can call me, (laughs) which is at that same number, 212-997-2002. Well, I'd like to thank you. Is there any little, uh, any other little messages you'd like to give out to our audience here before you go and go on with your busy well, legal day? <laughs> for, for any jewelers that are listening, we, we would hope that you would consider joining in the JVC because we really think it's, it's good for your business, but it's, it's good for the reputation of the industry as a whole. Yeah. And I frankly think that most jewelers have a responsibility to maintain and uphold the reputation of the industry. And um, we're very approachable. We have lots of good information, things they need to know in order to protect their business from risk. And that's, that's a good thing. It's a, lot, it's, a, it's a lot less expensive to prevent it than it is to recover right. from it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I th- and you're going to get access to experts like uh, myself and my staff to help you navigate these sometimes very complicated waters. Complicated, but you're so friendly. So, so, so uh, that, well, we that's try. a blessing. <laughs> we do try. <laughs> oh my. So thank you so much for joining today. We, we, well, we love the fact to have you on. And anytime I can, I could promote something so important to our industry, I so much want to do it because it is about the trade. It is about elevating the trade to the next level. Exactly. And, uh, and we just love the fact that you were, you were on today. So, if uh, if Great. we ever have any questions in the future, are you open to uh, to helping us out, decipher, figure them out? Um, would you be willing Absolutely. to come back on the show? Do you think that would be the other Anytime. question? So, well, we love that you're on today. So, real pleasure. Thank you so much. You have a great day. All right, you too. All right, bye bye now. Bye now. Wow. Wasn't that just an amazing interview? That was an amazing, very informative. I, I really enjoyed that. It, it, it's, it's pretty powerful when we now understand that we can't just give a grade on a stone because if it doesn't match the known standard, which we all now know that the most recognized standard for color and clarity is the GIA system, that if we apply any other system, we don't just have to disclose what it is right we have to give a full description of how we apply that system and how it differs from the known standard and you know it seems like it would be common sense <laughs> that that would be but but nobody does that but nobody does nobody that. does that so and, yeah it that that's that's the good thing that the recognition is coming yes and you know it, it is it is unfortunately that we've had such issue issues issues We've had such issues in our industry with laboratory reports coming from other companies where jewelers uh, and consumers ha- have 
been put in the position to where they've they've changed their perception of of what is right and wrong and in some cases you know do the wrong thing but only because they're trying to either save money or do something else but in the end they really just shoot themselves in the foot and and it taints the whole industry it as do, a whole it does taint the industry it it, it does a, a real big service when when i say that something is a g in color and it it comes back as something that's a, a j in color or i say th- something is a vs1 and it comes back an si1 that ruins the whole entire industry and it creates creates bad vibes for everyone that's Absolutely. selling. So it makes it hard for the stores that are those rock stars that I talk about that are doing the right thing. There are great ethics guilds out there like the American Gem Society, and there are others. And there are those great stores that stand behind 100% what they do. It, it would be nice if someday some laboratory would come out and, and stand behind their grade, right? I mean, that, that would be... That would be Putting the stamp on it that uh, that and I'm talking about a top tier laboratory, a right. major laboratory standing behind it. You know, we have jewelry stores, and in jewelry stores, it would be wonderful. It would be amazing that if you could get from your from your part time person on up to your full time persons, if they were all trained in just the basics yes. of diamond grading. Because as our caller had talked about. This was a major store, and I'm not yes. going to mention the names. This is a huge, multi-million-dollar uh, uh, chain, and they are using grades which they cannot describe. They are using grades that don't make sense. Um, they they can't. They, they don't know anything about it. They can't. They can't disclose it, and then they right. can't explain it. Right. So they're completely. They're blown it. The Federal Trade Commission. This is this is this has got to stop. I mean, yeah. we have to help consumers understand um, what they're purchasing and do it rightfully so. Right. Well, if anyone has any questions, of course, you may call me at 803-792-1326. You may also reach me at diamondanswerman.com. We thank Sheila for joining us here today on thank the show. Thank you for having me. And uh, we will look forward to speaking to you next time.